Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, the podcast where we're looking back on Game of Thrones an episode at a time. This is episode 8 for us, so it stands to reason it's season 1, episode 8, The Pointy End. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, the mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. Okay, so, episode 8. Um, well, no, straight off the bat, it's fair to say it's better than last week, but so was a slap yeah. in the face. So yeah, um, so I've got to be honest. I quite like I quite like this episode of of the ones certainly the last uh, the the, um, the Janus Benson episode aside. Um, I, I enjoyed this probably more than most episodes in this season. Um, um, I think yeah. the pacing was better. Um, I think more happened, um, and yeah, I just find it a little less bullshitty to be honest. Uh, yeah, kind of. I guess. I mean, it's definitely not up to the the lofty highs of of episode six. It's definitely much better than episode seven. Um, there's some good stuff, but you know, I think last week fucking drove me into the ground. Uh, <laughs> that was horrible. This is this is better. Um, I certainly enjoyed it more, but there were still points here where. I was just like, well, I, I actually fell asleep briefly in this episode. Um, right, okay. That's not great, I'm going to be honest. No, not at all. Um, only for a minute or two, um, and I didn't miss anything, I can tell you that much. Um, no, that's true, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, when it's good, it's good, um, but there's still a, just a lot of bullshit going on that doesn't need to be here really um, yeah, but we'll, we'll get into it as we go through I guess um, my first note really so I mean this, this picks up pretty much directly after the end of last week's episode more or less yeah. Um, yeah. with the with fight spilling out of the throne room um, now the first thing I've written down is like why the fuck are the guards just killing random townsfolk like they're just chopping motherfuckers down in the street well, yeah, well, I think the, the guy they hacked up, so they, they burst out of the uh, the red cubes, didn't they? And um, there's somebody loading a cart. I think it was Ned's cart, they, or the Stark cart they were loading, because he said, make sure it's all packed there because the sector will have my guts regardless, wherever it is. Um, so by association, the fact that, yeah, okay, well, he's, no, he's familiar with the Starks, fuck him, he can die. That's still a bit fucking harsh. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he may well have been, I don't know, a humble townsperson who just happened to be doing his job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's not as if he deserved it just because you know, he happened to be there at the time. Yeah, it, it kind of rankled with me, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's fair. I was just like, what, what the fuck is this shit? Like, why, why are you just like this is just murder? This is, <laughs> these people yeah, are not that... involved with anything going on. Yeah, but that is this show, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of that. That death is for the sake show. of death. Yeah, really. Um, and we'll get more of that later on as well. Yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> And then my next note, I don't know if I've skipped a bit or not. Um, I don't have a lot of notes again, largely because I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, I, I, I kind of jump forward to the scene with, with Sirio and Arya then, but I think that is pretty much next anyway, isn't it? I don't think I've missed anything. Yeah, it's not far on. I think you get um, a scene with – it's either that one or you get a scene with the Scepter and Sansa walking out. She hears everything that's going – the Scepter hears everything going out and Sansa back. Yeah. So there's not really much in between those two. I mean, I don't – I wasn't really paying masses of attention, I've got to be honest, at that point because it was just kind of on. I was just like, with my coffee to cool down a bit. And um, I can't remember. Did they kill the Scepter? 
Did we ever see her again? I can't remember. I don't because they're leaving. Either. She's come. She no. She sends Sansa away, and then she's confronted at the bottom of the hallway um, by four guards with bloody swords. And I don't recall ever seeing her after that. Is the implication she's dead? I guess so. There's, I mean, there's a lot of that in this episode um, because the same thing happens with Sirio as well. Um, well, yeah. I think he is dead, though, isn't he? I, I don't oh, think yeah, we yeah. see him again. No, this, this is this is the unfortunate end of Sirio, you know, coupled with a really you know, manly scream. Yeah. Um, like, what is it with killing, like, important characters off screen? Like... It's easy. I mean, and and this is okay. So, if if Sirio is dead, and I knew he died, I couldn't remember where it was. And yeah, I think this is it. I think this is the last we see of uh, of Sirio. Certainly, as for this season, anyway. Right. Okay. Um. So it happens here. Um. The the guards bust in, ready to take Aya, and Sirio basically defends her. Um. Takes them all on with a wooden sword, and he's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a superb fight. Um. Now. If he does die, then obviously Arya doesn't really want to go, um, but he forces her out. He's like, go, child, I'll, I'll hold him off kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I guess she does have to escape. But if he does die and he does so off screen, this is definitely the first example. I mean, Robert was pretty bad, but this is the first example of the thing that annoys me with this show the most. Um, because if he has died off screen, we don't get anything to signify that and we don't get any weight to his death at all because we don't see how it affects Arya. Um, no, I mean she she's running away. She's in some some backstairs with a with a with a, a torch, and you hear all the you hear all the sort of swords. You hear a shout or a sort of yelp, and she looks around and it's kind of like oh fuck, I better keep running, and off she goes, and that's her moment of recognition, and that's all you get. It's the attitude to death in this show is is the thing that winds me up the most and it's the thing I'm constantly going to moan about the most Um, characters should matter because if you don't care about it when you're making the show then why should I care about it when I'm watching the show exactly and if these are just random people who can die and we see no effect on the world and the rest of the characters in it then quite frankly, I don't give a fuck about any of them. So Yeah, that's a fair point. You know, this, this is the thing that winds me up with the show the most, and it only gets worse. It is it is a, yes. a hurdle that this show never gets over. Uh, and worse, they fucking gloat about it a lot as well. There's this whole mm. attitude of, oh, yeah, anyone can die at any time. Ha-ha, aren't we clever? Isn't this show gory? No, it's bad is what it is. That's bad writing. Um it's just lazy more than anything else. Yeah, it is. And and I don't know how much of that is actually down to the books rather than the show. I don't know how these deaths are handled in the books. I don't know. I mean, certainly this episode, that's Martin's fault, whether it's in the book or the show, because he wrote this episode. Right. Well, there you go then. So it's his fault either way. Yeah. <laughs> there you go then. Um, it, it's just, for me, it is the one major inexcusable thing that this show does. And when I've said several times that as much as I love it and as much as there's things about the show that I love, there's, there's things that I hate in equal measure. And <clears throat> sometimes the things I hate wind me up so much that I want to break things. And, and yeah. these deaths are prime examples of that. Like, look, you can do shock deaths in a show and you can do hard-hitting deaths in a show and you can do them properly and they will 
carry weight and they will go over mm. but they just don't here you know you, you do these shock deaths and then you just let the, the characters carry on and so it just loses all impact you know if yeah. you, you want to see how to do a sudden death and, and i'm not going to bang on about i'm not going to have another episode where i just bang on about how how great buffy's writing team is or, or the creative team full stop but if you want to see a shock death just just go and watch buffy just that's how you handle shock deaths they do it several times through the course of the run and mm. every time it happens yeah. it comes out of fucking nowhere like yes absolutely out of nowhere but the weight attached to those characters carries through for seasons through through yeah. the entire show in some cases yeah, and I mean, yeah, you just sort of see that. I mean, we're not, obviously not going to spoil no, that show either. No, it's, no, no, spoil no, no show, spoilers, because this um, isn't a Buffy podcast. So. No, that's, that's right. But I mean, certainly the one in season six. Yeah, well, that, um, that's the, the main one I'm referring yeah. to that, that literally yeah, comes I've, out of nowhere, alters it, it, a character's yeah. arc and sets up the villain for the it, whole it, season. It, it does, and, and also for the following season, whereby you're like, oh fuck, okay, what's going to happen with that now? Yeah, and it comes. There's, that's still a threat. There's still, a, there's still an issue for that. No way. Yeah, completely. Also, see season five and and the big one there. Yes. Um, which yeah. is still, uh, for me personally, the most affecting episode of a television show ever. I think. Yeah. Um, and it is one that that reverberates throughout the rest of the series. Um. Yeah, definitely. And its continuity afterward. I'm a huge Buffy nerd. I read all of the extended universe stuff. Um, that never goes away. It changes the universe so fundamentally that it mm. never goes away. And that's how you handle the death of a character. Um, yeah. I mean, see also, and, and again, no spoilers, but I'm at the same time as rewatching this, um, I think I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. I've actually started watching Battlestar Galactica for what is my first watch. I'm very late to the party on that. Um, and whilst it's not a character death, there are events at the end of season one leading into season two that are touch and go for for a character. And there is a very direct comparison, actually, that can be drawn with this show. But it's just handled so much better over there. Like... Mm. It's inexcusable. It's it's absolutely inexcusable. And every time it happens, I'm sorry, folks, but you're going to get this same rant off me, tailor-made <laughs> to that episode. Um, but here... Maybe we'll play like a jingle or something just so you can go put the kettle uh, on. Yeah, I, I mean, this, this is going to be my primary rant for you this is the focus behind my hatred of the show um and they are, look this is a minor one serial is a minor one but it's it's the first example of one i think that should be felt i mean roberts kind of is he shouldn't have died off screen but obviously no. it does carry through it sets everything into motion so you can argue that that means something serial's, yeah and it has consequences yeah, as well serial's death doesn't really um, because you know, as much as no, that I mean, should affect Iron, I'm, I'm sure it's kicking around in the back of a head somewhere, and it's very quickly going to re be replaced with something else. Um, yeah, and I, th I don't think. I mean, I think that's his. I think that's a death. I'm fairly sure we never see him again. I don't think. But we, we don't do even either. hear his name mentioned for like two seasons no. after this. No. And it's not until. Um, there's a scene. I think it's, I'm sure it's in season three. It might even be season four, where um, Arya's with the Hound, and she, you know, he's a, she's explaining what her list is, 
and she's explained no, oh, she, no so she's she's doing her water dancing practice and he you know, basically says she looks like a twat and she's explaining that no, that's how she was taught she was taught by the greatest swordsman who ever lived you know, the first sort of bravos and he's just taking the piss because he's like he no, he was killed by fucking Merrin Trant you know, so as if you know as if he was shot in the back with a feather duster and died yeah. you know it's, it's like you know, it's just complete lack of respect but I don't think you ever hear his name mentioned apart from that I think this is kind of him done yeah and it and it is a, I mean, look, okay, he's only been in like what, maybe three episodes. Um, yeah, but he's been a big he's part. Been the best thing about those episodes, to be yes, honest. he's been the best thing in those episodes. He's been a big part of them, and he's a formative part of Arya's character. He yeah. is her mentor. His death should carry weight. This should be Obi Wan looking at Luke before he raises his lightsaber up and gets struck down. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what I was saying when we were talking about it, when we started talking about it. that. That's the, that's that's why she she, she, she needs, needs to, to see, see it. it. Yes, agreed. Even if she goes to the door, looks back, and sees him get cut down, and then pegs it, like she yeah. needs to see it, or at least if that scream is him dying, we need to see it register on her face, and we need to see the yes. full weight of it register on her face. And look, she's already shown us that she's more than capable of portraying that. She's a very good actress, and we've seen it already. So, yeah, like that lies with the writing and the direction I'm afraid and probably more so the direction if we're honest yeah um so fuck you Game of Thrones for the first time that's the first time I've directly called you out but yeah fuck you fuck you for wasting my time um there it is why should I care but I do because I like cereal <laughs> yeah well, yeah um so there's that one um quickly afterwards while I is making her escape we chalk one body up for her um first one yeah, first one yeah uh, it's pretty fucking savage as well to be fair it is actually i mean it's again it's it's kind of like they don't know how to handle her at this stage because um she's running away i think this is a few scenes later on but we'll jump to it now because i think it's the last time we see aria i mean this episode um so yeah she's she's trying to find a find a way out she stumbles upon this cart of theirs that where everybody was slaughtered earlier on she goes looking for needle and she finds it and some some boy comes out and says oh there she is the queen will reward me handsomely and she sort of turns around and says let me be and stabs him in the fucking gut yeah um no no warning no, no nothing it's just lunge straight in with a pointy end because that's what the episode's called fantastic um no call back to that very first episode and no it's been repeated by her several times um and yeah, it was, it was a great, a great uh, thing for her to do. But then on, t- on the back of that, given that it's her first kill, well, this is the thing. She just fucking absolutely. Yeah, this is the thing. Doesn't like, register with her like, at all. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's great. She's she's able to kill people now. But that's not great. That came out wrong. But you know what I mean. <laughs> well, it's um, for the show. But again, this is a moment that should carry weight. That yeah. she's just she taken someone's life. She needs to feel it. Now, she can feel it and enjoy it. If that's where we wanted to go, that's fine. Yeah. But she needs to feel something rather than just run away. Well, that's it. There's, there's no recognition of this. And I mean, given you know, all the things that she will come to do in, in, in later years and the fact that you know, she's been gearing up for this this entire season or learning to fight and all the rest of it, it's still her first go. She there would still be some moment in it which went, 
Oh, fucking hell. I just killed somebody. Oh, oh fucking hell, I just killed somebody. This should be, whether it's panic or complete calm or whatever it is, nothing registers. It's just like, all right, he's dead, i got to yeah. run. I, I get self-preservation, but she has no idea what the fuck's going on at this no. point. She doesn't know why people are chasing her. She doesn't know why people are trying to kill her, why, you know, why the Lannisters have come to get her. She doesn't know any of this. But her instinct is, A, run away, because that's what Sirius told her to do, and B, stab some fat kid in the gut yeah. and run like fuck. Yeah, it... There, and again, there's no, again consequences. Yeah. What happened? No, what happens because of that? Whose kid was he? If it's if he's important enough for her to kill, who is he? Yeah, exactly. It's just it, now, the fuss they made about the butcher's boy, who we saw for all of two minutes. It's a terrible, terrible scene. It's awful. And again, just just no dramatic weight given to the, why should I care about this fucking character at this point? She's like a fucking robot. Now. We know she gets handled better. We've seen her handled better. Um, yeah. That's down to the writing. That's not the direction. That's just piss poor writing. She shouldn't have killed him in the first place. It should have just been a warning strike and run off. Um, yeah, well, that, that's it. I mean, I think that the whole scene, to be honest, I think they could have got away with not having oh, oh, no, that, that altercation altogether. Just she goes, she finds Needle, and she runs. Yeah, that's all we need. Because that's the, that's the important thing. That's the thing she needs to take forward. Is needle, so she finds needle and runs away before anybody yeah. sees her. Job done, life saved, and also I've saved two minutes of my life. I've got to be honest. Yeah, and, and give her a more important first kill later on, and let her build up to it. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um. Moving on, uh, Ned gets a pep talk from a giant chin in a robe. <laughs> oh yes it's yeah very it's uh oh, what was it uh ball chain wasn't it from south yeah, park uh, it really yeah. is um varus is just all chin in this outfit um it's horrible uh, who, who thought this was a good idea what what costumer thought this was, yeah. was clever um well i actually say that this episode was nominated for an emmy for outstanding costume for a series shit man um, certainly not for I that. I don't know why. Um, I, I'm trying to think of what it would have been nominated for, but uh, it lost anyway. Uh, yeah. That's the same No grace. fucking surprises there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, interestingly, um, Varys calls out pretty much exactly what we said last week. Um, yeah. What the fuck were you thinking, you stupid exactly, cat? Which, which fair play. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's one, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah, first one. Um, yeah, his line is, because uh, I've written it down because I agreed with it so wholeheartedly. If this was if this was yeah. Parliament, I'd have been given it the old, here, here, here. Um, it's, uh, the wine slowed him down, the boar ripped him open, but it was your mercy that killed the king. Essentially saying, Ned, mm. you are a stupid cunt. Yeah. And then followed by the line, what, well, what possessed you to inform the king of yeah. your plan? Oh, the queen of your plan. Well, duh, you don't tell the person you're, you're threatening to expose, you're going to expose yeah. them. So, as, yeah, we said so last as much week, as that was piss poor writing last week, at least they're calling it out here. Um, so yeah. this, this genuinely does just make Ned stupid because people in the world can see that he's stupid. So yes. at this point, it's not just poor writing or, or bad decisions being made on behalf of the character. No, his character now in canon is stupid. Ned Stark is a stupid yeah. motherfucker. Make of that what you will, yeah. but 
that's a fact folks it's it's all given to us um shame really because at the start of the show he was actually quite intelligent i don't know what happened um how oh, he went down south and went south uh, obviously clearly lost all his northern yeah. wit um so then uh next notes i've got we're at the wall um and the mystery of yeah. the severed hand from last week is solved. Um, yes. So there you go. I can rest easy at night. Yeah. No, we know it wasn't Benjamin's hand. It was some random ranger. Yeah. Um, and then I think I'm, this may be roughly where I fell asleep um, for a right, bit. Okay. Uh, the next note I've got is people talking about Sansa. Um, I've just got written here that she's a sweet thing now, but in ten years, who knows what treason she will? Uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, so um, you've not missed much at all. I, mean, I don't note the running order of, of the show. I, I let you take the notes, but um, it's along the lines of there's a, a small council meeting yeah. um, whereby this was where um, I fell asleep then because all of the King's Landing shit in this episode bored me to fucking tears, and I was just nodding. Yeah. I was nodding off. So if there was yeah, politics it, it involved was, here, this is definitely where I fell asleep, and I just caught this line. So, yeah, um, yeah, it was basically a um, small council meeting where um, Cersei is trying to sort of suggest that they can still use Sansa to their advantage because she's now so besotted with Joffrey and all this bollocks. Um, Pycel is adamant that they have to, you know, root, root her out. She's not suitable to marry a king, uh, marry a king, because her father was a traitor. And obviously, she you knows she was she by default has to be a traitor because her father's a traitor. He's a bitter old fucker. This man. Um, it just, I don't know. It was, again, it's another. The, the, it pay, it, it's it's paid off later on. The, no, it's called it's back to later on. Yeah, it, it's but, it is a nice example of foreshadowing if you know where the show is going. Um, it is, but it's it's just let's say in, for this episode, it's like oh my god, I'm just, everything that's going on. You've you know you've had this uh, attempted coup, for want of a better word. Um, we've just now we've just been back to the wall. Um, yeah, I, I don't really no, give a fuck. No, do I? To and be honest, at this point, at this point, Sansa is the least interesting she character. She is, um, but that that's interesting, and we'll come on to it later um, because Sansa mm. does turn for me here and I, I remember specifically liking her kind of political movements through King's Landing a lot in, in season two um, yeah. especially then um, I don't know if anybody listening out there has played the Telltale games but there there's entire chapters devoted to because it's set roughly around season two and there are entire chapters right. devoted to Sansa um, and well, in in the book there are as well. I mean, the, the way that's kind of, I mean, the way the book is set out is that um, chapters are named um, as character name one mm-hmm. through whatever, um, and so um, you've got Sansa four, Sansa uh, Sansa five in this episode right. as part of the um, as part of what they've taken in. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that at this stage she's not really been treated particularly well. She's I mean, we've talked about this before, and I don't blame Sophie Turner for this. Um, again, you blame the writing and the direction, but she hasn't been treated particularly well. She's been treated like a yes, simpering idiot. Yeah. And this is the first time where really she'd be given any sort of gumption, any sort of backbone, and actually she's got, they've gone, you know what? She's not a little airhead. She's got a brain on her. She, um, yes, she's sentimental, but she's doing what she thinks is best for her yes. family at this point. Yeah. And there are two moments. Um, I I watched this and the next one back to back mainly because I couldn't sleep. Um, I was going to say yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I can't remember if it's in. I know one is in this episode, but then there's one in the next episode. I think it's the next episode as well, um, where she begs for Ned's life. But 
um, we follow up from this one where Cersei brings her in and she's she's very much, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a misunderstanding. My father loved King Robert. He wouldn't do this. And Cersei's, oh, you disappoint me. And it's like a, a switch has tripped where she goes, all right, okay, so they're going to basically do what the fuck they want anyway. Yeah. So they're either, they're either using me or they think they're using me, so I might as well. Yeah, she becomes very true very quickly. Um, um, she does, and I think the start of that is, is here. Is. So, well, the start um, of it's a bit, they, they bit later in the episode properly, I think, but yeah, it, it definitely yes, happens yeah. in this episode. Um, yes. And, and yeah, and it, it goes on as as we've mentioned before. She will go on to grow into a a driving force behind the show and, and a and one of many favorite characters really that I have. But um, mm. yeah, she it, she does go into a great character. And as I say, the, those games even when you play those, um, it switches focus from the more combat oriented stuff, and and you literally are just involved in politics. You are rocking around King's Landing and playing people off against each other um and and, and that yeah. became tremendously interesting to me um so yeah i like that line um but then the next thing i've noted like we're, we're back up north because i've just fucking fallen asleep and snored my way through a bunch of shit um <laughs> yeah no that's fair um so yeah so you go back up north and um John and uh, Sam are in the in the kitchen plucking I've chickens that entirely. Then, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, they come in and uh, after our conversation last week about hacking up some uh, some wild beasts, first thing you see in this scene is Sam plucking a chicken. Um, Alistair Thorne comes in. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, this is uh, I've jumped ahead a bit. So uh, first, you get. Um, Joe Mormon that calls in John after Raven comes in and says, "Look, your father's been arrested. And this is what's happened." Oh no, I did see this bit. Yeah, do they sit down stupid. and have a beer, don't they? And John's going to go and storm yeah, the landing all on his own. Yeah, basically, yeah, he's um, he's going to go full Conan on it. Um, and yeah, it's a don't do anything stupid. Um, and then I think that's before the scene actually with. Um, with Cersei and all the sort of the politicking in King's Landing. And then next, so you go back then after that, so Sam's plucking his chicken. Alistair Thorne comes in and says, oh, you don't often see this. Not, he's not just a bastard. He's, 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 a, he's a traitor's bastard. And John goes for him and would quite possibly have ripped his fucking yeah, head off. Um, I definitely was awake at this point. Uh, I haven't made any notes on it, and I'll tell you why. Um, yeah. I've mentioned several times that, that the wall is my favourite place to be and this storyline is my favourite storyline and it's a good episode for that and as much as the King's Landing stuff bored me to tears the Dothrak stuff was Mm. okay Um, everything we do at the wall here and everything involved in the Night's Watch and the White Wolves I thought was excellent and thoroughly enjoyed it I was actually conversely whereas I was bored and haven't written much earlier I was now so engrossed that I did not take any notes (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll extend that as well because there's a scene. Um, uh, actually, no, that might be the next episode as well. Yeah, no, that's um, that's we'll the next it, episode. We'll so, I'll, so I'll come back to that. So yeah, next week. is that happening? Um, and then we go to a bit of a kind of a war council with Rob, um, and Rob bears his teeth yes. finally, um, and he's good when he mans yeah, finally. up. He's good. He's a charismatic leader. I like him. I always did like Rob Stark. Um, yeah. It, yeah, and so, I mean, this is where we hear as well that um, Sansa has done exactly yes. what Cersei wanted her to do. She's written to Rob and told him that, you know, come to King's Landing, yeah. bend the knee, um, and everything now, will be okay. This is the thing. Again, 
I like, as I say, I like Rob. I like how he rises to the occasion here. Um, but fuck me, he's his father's son. He is a stupid motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Not Absolutely. this is the first of many traps that he will just wander headlong into. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, from I said he's not really excelled himself in any episode. No, but is he? it's not. It's uh, not for the Rob, Rob to be fair. Like when he when he actually mans up here, like he is, he's got it about oh, him. Yeah. He could definitely lead an army. Um, yeah, and I mean, you look at the last couple of weeks where you've had uh, Theon in his ear, he needs to do this, he needs to do this, he needs to do this, and he's also well, I mean, it, tra- it, it sort of happens here as well. When Rob starts to bare his teeth, Theon tries to offer him advice, and it's just like, well, what the fuck does he know? Who the, who the fuck does he yeah. think he is? You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite good, because as you say, no, Rob, all of a sudden, he's, he's not... He's not playing no, at it anymore, is no, he? No, he's, he's had like, enough. We're doing this. Um, and, and again, the performance is great. Like, I totally buy it. I'm totally behind Rob 100%. Like, I'd offer him my mm. sword if I had and one. And again, I, I think a lot, a lot of that, though, I think, again, is down to the positioning and the way that the Starks have been positioned. Yeah, in they're this underdogs, season. and I love an underdog. Um Everybody loves an underdog. You can't is, not love an underdog. Yeah, I mean, it's like this illegal is the first point because um, I don't really count John because he's off at the wall. But I remember saying either yeah. last week or the week before that kind of the way it's positioned, because especially because Ned is so stupid, like I'm kind of I'm four fifths on Team Lannister, you know, and I'm only liking the Starks generally because I feel like I have to. But it's here, it's here when mm. Rob stands up after being kicked again and says, "Enough is enough." This is the point where. And, and I remember it first time around as well. This is the point where I categorically knew I was Team Stark. Um, th- this was it. Rob standing mm. up and just going like, right, enough's enough. I don't care how many there are. You're fucking having it now. Um, I, I love yeah. an underdog. <laughs> I just do. I love an underdog story. And it, it is. This, Rob's is partly because he's young and arrogant as well. Um, but he's got fire yeah. in his belly here and he's like, right, no, if I have to, I will march into King's Landing and I will get my father back. Fuck you all. And you will all follow yeah. me because you're all our bannermen. Whether you like it or not, you will. Yeah, you, yeah you've, all, you've all signed yeah. up and you're yeah. going to fucking do it. Um, so, yeah, good scene. Um, we spent a bit of time then with the creepy fucking kid um, with his breastfeeding. Now, we get this scene here yeah. between Kat and her sister, mm. and there's this fucking high drama going on here. They're arguing about what's going on. It gets very fucking tense. Um, it's well shot. It's well acted on both sides. And then in the middle of it all, we get, what's, what's the kid? Is it Robin? Yeah. Robin. Robin. Robin Aaron. Just piping up, I'm hungry, and reaching for a tits. Like, in the middle yeah. of this really tense standoff, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, no. Like, to be f- to be fair, as uh, as a parent of two five year olds who whose favourite words are "I'm hungry," um, I I've seen that firsthand where they will just interrupt for no. You you could be you know delivering fucking address to Congress. Yeah, but that's that's the well, actual real off. world. This is drama, and this is being constructed. Yeah, there's no this need ruins for this. the entire scene. I mean, this whole. It, it does, and to be fair, I mean the whole <laughs> this whole um, story at the Vale. It's fucking oh, it pointless it's, at this stage. It's crap. They've or, they've already handed Tyrion over. Tyrion's yeah. already walked. Um, Catelyn's there, and in this, oh, having now received a raven that Rob's going to war, 
she's arguing, uh, Catelyn and uh, her sister are arguing, and she's like, well, fuck you. I want your soldiers. Well, you're not yeah. having them. Fuck off. Great. Fantastic. That's, I said, that's a very important scene. And obviously the, the nice level will be important uh, later on as well. But, you know, okay, well, fine. You've had that scene. But in the middle of it, you're yeah. right. You get this whiny little bitch going, I'm hungry. I want boobies. It, well, it, fuck it's, off. Uh, Seriously, just go and jump no out the fucking moon where you got twat. And it completely steps on the scene. He doesn't even need to fucking be there. Like, I understand as a character no, he's absolutely. clingy and stuff. Okay, so if you want... But also technically he's Lord of yeah, the Vale. If you want, throw him in the scene. That's fine. But either give him something to do or get him to sit down and shut the fuck up, which, you know, yeah. that's good advice for kids in general, folks. Um, <laughs> to be fair, yeah. But, and not only that, the character of Robin Aaron does absolutely fuck all for no, the entire show. Show No, he's There's useless. There's no point to him. There's we no don't point to him and whatsoever. again, this is one of those things where, like, you're adapting a book, so we don't fucking need him. Just... Get rid. Yeah, I mean, I Get think cause, no, there's there are stories. There was there, there will be stories later on where he appears, but he does. He's not party to them other than he's there. And then in the very last episode, when all is said and done and all fucking things resolved, he's in. A, he's he's he, he's a body in a scene for the sake of being a body, just to tie up that little strand of story they didn't fucking need in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, bollocks. That's the fucking bollocks. shit. Um, there's no need for him to be here whatsoever. There's no need for this character to exist worst moment in this whole episode if it wasn't for the little finger scene last week i would say the worst moment in the show so far but yeah little finger gave us the speech about fingering asses so <laughs> yeah there you go um anyway we're quickly out of that and into our i think our soul Tyrion scene yes no um, i like this i've got to be honest i, I like any time Tyrion is in the show i especially like anytime Tyrion's with Bronn. Yes, I was um, going to say. And, and this is particularly brilliant because this is another one of those throwaway moments that we'll get called back to in eight fucking years and it will be done masterfully in eight years as yes. well. Um, so, spoilers, obviously. Three, yes. two... <laughs> One, I'm guessing you've seen all seasons by now if you listen to this, but just in case you're watching along with us, um, and if you are, I'm sorry if I'm ruining it for you. Um, please don't just assume that my rants mean I absolutely hate the show and so should you. Uh, but anyway, uh, Tyrion says to Bronn, if the day ever comes when you're asked to sell me out, remember this, I'll double it. Yes. Uh, just great it, it's fucking great when it gets called back to it, it is um, and I mean at this stage it means absolutely fuck all as well I mean, we, know, we, know he's rich, we know his family's rich and we know he has no problem throwing his weight around in terms of money and uh, no, my, fa- my, my father will do this my brother will do this we've seen that already and because of that we just kind of think well yeah he's just being fucking braggadocious and he's, he'll just, he's just there to say well fuck it if somebody offers you money I've got more fuck him but yeah so when it does pay off and I remember when I, when I saw the episode where it pays off I was like oh yeah I quite like that yeah oh yeah it's excellent really excellent um, hmm. and then we but, get to we get to meet Shagger I was going to say the the <sighs> The um, worst part of this entire episode um, for me... Well, oh, no, not, no, come no, on. It's not no. as bad as I'm hungry, but it's pretty fucking... Look, it's it's I bad as, as much as I... The, there's no there's no need. Call him Shagger. 
yeah, there's a particular sensitivity because he's Welsh as well. Um, but to have to name a character, a, a, a hill tribe character, Shagger. Now look, what are you trying thing. to fucking say? Seriously, here's the thing. Like the show is American. I know most of the cast, or a good chunk of the cast, are British, so they should know better and be able to advise. Well, so um, is George R. R. Martin, isn't he? He's not American. Is he? I don't know. No, so he's an American novelist. I do apologise. I thought he was. Yeah. Okay. So I get it. Shagger isn't necessarily a slang term in the states. Ross is Shagger here. with no double G A. So yeah, we're all right. Yeah, like fuck. Look, seriously, somebody somewhere could have gone. Do you actually know that slang for fucking, um, and specifically for fucking animals? Um, kind of maybe call him something else. You know, yeah. it's not it's not essential that he's called Shagger, is it? Really. Yeah. Um, Although the, the, his name does come up in the sentence in the next episode, which made me laugh for no reason whatsoever. It just fat sounds fucking stupid. But it does sound stupid. I can't hear about laughing for two reasons. One, because your mind automatically goes to sheep shagger. Yeah. Two, because if it doesn't go there, um, there is actually a bit of a knockabout colloquialism around here where you might say, all right, shagger, when referring to a male <laughs> cohort. Um, yeah. It's very informal and it generally is directed at somebody who's somewhat of a slut um yes. so it it just makes me laugh <laughs> yeah 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 uh, but yeah so i mean that, that 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 annoyed me in this scene that they, they just some very little thought seemed to go into the way there's sort of the, the naming of these characters and the way these um these um, these uh westeros savages as opposed to the dothraki who are these sort of the foreign savages the way they're set up and it's almost as if what of Tyrion saying, "No, I'll give you all. No, I'll give you this. No, we'll we'll we'll, de- we'll we'll depose the veil. We'll get rid of the uh, the Arryns, and you can take over the veil." And it's like, well, you know what? Are you really are you really appealing to their to their nature? Do they actually want that? Is that something they even you know, they'd even be looking for, or they you know is their way the way they look quite happy to be? I don't know. Yeah. It just seems it seems like a, a fairly misguided attempt to buy their loyalty. And then that's why in the next episode when he's talking of no in this episode he's talking about well, no we Lannister shit better steal than the weapons you've got we'll uh, we'll get the smiths to make you good weapons, and then in the next episode the line of made laugh for no reason was Shagger likes axes, and it just it's always yeah. made me laugh and I don't know why it's just a stupid fucking line it doesn't mean anything, yeah. but Shagger likes axes and it's so thrown away. It's yeah it's bad, um, it's bad. I I. I told a, a bit of a lie there so we do get another Tyrion scene don't we a little bit later on with Tywin as well um, yes we do yeah but again not, only a short one yeah I haven't made any notes not much of a note happens there I think but as we're talking about Shagger it's just occurred yeah. to me um, but anyway yeah moving on next note just says all in capitals so big in fact that it takes up two lines and finishes my page yay direwolf <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not just any direwolf the best direwolf here's ghost um, well, although, have, we had, have we had the one with Rob's Direwolf yet? No, that's a bit later. Oh, um, is that okay? It's a Direwolf-tastic episode, this. I did say there yeah. was good stuff in it as well. Um, <laughs> however, my excitement at seeing Ghost is very short-lived because it quickly turns to absolute hysterical laughter at John's delivery of Ghost, what's wrong? <laughs> His little Timmy trapped down the well, Ghost. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, <laughs> this is, is that this what is, happening? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, so, um, yeah, so, contest that after um, John has uh, gone for um, Master Thorn, um, Lord Commander sits and puts him under confinement um, and sends Thorn down to uh, down to King's Landing with the, um, the severed hand uh, to put it on Joffrey's doorstep. Um, so, yeah, he's confined to quarters, and as all dogs do, um, Ghost is scratching Ghost on the door and pining. Sorry. Sorry, never mind. As you so, Yeah, uh, I think Cash pretty said, but I'll listen to it when I edit. Um, so, yeah, so Ghost is scratching on the door and howling because he wants a shit. Um, and, yeah, Ghost, what's wrong? And I said this a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, John, the Kit Harrington's accent sometimes ends up very, very rare, but he kind of slips from Northern into Irish into a bit of something I'm not quite sure what it is. Yeah. And, yeah, it just kind of pulls you out. And then, so the delivery of that given the fact it's a fairly crappy line anyway, but the delivery of it just kind of makes you go, ooh, fucking hell. It, it really is lassie. It's ghost. Yeah. What's wrong? It's little Timmy down the well. Show me the way, <laughs> ghost. Good boy. Um, yeah. Um, but, but then, no, it's not that. In the episode. It's fucking White Walkers. Hooray, Finally. fucking time and all. Finally, we are fucking eight episodes in. And we get a White Walker. Um, My note literally says, fucking White Walkers, finally. Um, Now, also, as if that wasn't cool enough, John does an absolute fucking boss move with his sword here, where he kind of spins out of the way to avoid the attack and draws his sword as he spins. It's fucking awesome awesome hats off to everyone involved in that move to the choreographer to kid harrington yes. for nailing it it is badass when this show yeah. gets things like that right it really gets them right and the thing is it stands out as well because the rest of this fight was filmed so close yeah um you don't get any sort of sense of you obviously they're moving and you get a sense that no um john's been shoved around and the white's been shoved around and no there is a bit of there's a bit of movement within very tight angles, and that's the only one I think um, of the initial fight where I say John spin, spins out and draws a sword at the same time. That's beautiful, and then um, stabs the walker. The walker goes down as um, Lord Commander comes out, and then the fucking thing gets up again. John grabs a lantern off the wall in his bare hand. Chucks at the fucking thing, sets her on fire, and then spirits Lord Commander. And that again, that's done. It's a very wide shot of him yeah. grabbing this thing and hurling it on the turn, hitting the fucking thing square on and setting it on fire. Yeah, it's absolutely great. beautiful. It's great. And I want more of this. Yeah. Why did we not get more of this in the eight years that the show was on the air? Well, this we is the interesting stuff. I mean, we did get more of this sort of later on. It's, it's a did sort of ramp up in the last in the last two seasons until they fucked everything else up. Um, but oh, I mean, no, they so, fucked this storyline the worse. <laughs> oh, the, the storyline, yeah. I was talking about the, uh, the, the, sort of the actual way it was shot and the, yeah. the, the composition of it. That, I was talking about that. The storyline, yeah. This, we'll get to that when we get to that. It, <laughs> it, it, it's unforgivable what they did to this. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, that'll be a long episode, guys, if you still... Well, it was a long episode, wasn't it? So uh... <laughs> Yeah, but that'll be really long. In fact, when we get to that one, I think you may as well just dial up say hello and give me the mic like <laughs> i don't know i've got plenty so i'm on myself yeah, it's it's bad but anyway this whole scene excellent yeah saves the i mean the episode isn't as bad as last week anyway but this scene alone makes this episode worth watching everything yeah. that happens at the wall in this episode is fucking great this is the absolute highlight um 
Then uh, we're over to, to Dothrak for some eh, okay stuff with some really questionable <laughs> attitudes towards female empowerment again. Um, yeah. Jesus, it possibly even the worst it's been in the show so far. Now, whether that's Martin as a writer, then I didn't realize he'd written this episode until you told <clears> me. Um, but, oh, God, uh, I'm just going to read you this dialogue. Um, with regards to the raping and pillaging of women uh, yeah. and Daenerys's objection to such. Princess, you have a gentle heart, but this is how it's always been. Uh what? So, um, so, so, so wrong. Yeah, so pat her on the head and send her back to the kitchen, I guess. Um, yeah, slap, slap what, what do you know, you send her back to make a sandwich. You're, you're a princess. Yeah. You just sit there and look pretty. Don't... Yeah, go, go make me a sandwich and shut the fuck up. I mean, Christ. That's horrible. Um, I mean, basically, you're saying that rape is not only okay... But you know, the, it's, 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 it's it's cultural. It's tradition. It's fine. It's cultural. Yeah, these these goat herding women should be honoured that, that the Dothraki are choosing to fuck them. Essentially, is what they're well, saying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's kind of written um, on the wiki page. Um, yeah, it's it's that's kind of where it goes. Is that you know they they should be honoured um, that they've been chosen. Wow. Fuck me. Uh, look again. I understand that there are cultures and civilizations in the world still today that have these values. Okay. I understand that this is, this is some barbaric shit. I get it. But I say again, just as I said with the kid being hungry, this is a construct. This is a fictional universe. You can choose what you wish to show us. Yes. Moreover, where there is choice, there is meaning. I hope that's the last time I say this on this show. I am aware of how wanky it is. Where there is choice, there is meaning. And that suggests to me that the politics of people involved in this show are actually quite disgusting. Um, I'm just going to well, leave the th- that there. I mean, I, I mean I'm guessing that it's based on um, a session of the book and also it, it feeds into... It introduce, it's, it's used to introduce characters who will be used later on, um, and but again, attitudes towards them is not is not healthy at, uh, at all either. Um, but the, the justification in the dialogue was when when Danny says, "Why are they doing this?" and um, Jorah says, "To pay for ships," as in, "It's your fucking fault, you stupid bitch." Yeah, you can't complain about it now. Yep. Um, oh my god! I, just when you think that's bad enough, they they double down on this shit um, mm. as if as if that isn't a bad enough attitude towards women um we then get the revelation that you know danny brings this to carl's attention in order to try and overturn the decision basically gets laughed at in court even though she's the queen um and carl humors her to his cohorts to his his men um by saying that his son is filling her with fire yep because, of course, a meek little girly girl as pretty and sweet as she is couldn't have an opinion of her own and she couldn't yeah. be this wound up about something that she might actually challenge a big, strong, manly man. No, yeah. sir. But there's that. There's, there's another two parts to this other dialogue in the scene as well. Um, once you know, she wins him over, she convinces him by sweet-talking him and fluttering eyelashes and all the rest of it because that's what women do. They don't have opinions. They just don't flirt a bit. Um he turns to um, the guy whose name I think was Nago or Nago or something like that. 
uh, Mago, and says, sorry, Mago, you'll have to put your cock in something else. Yeah. Okay, right. Okay, so again, no, not someone no, someone else. You're not have to find the woman. Something else. Okay, so that's bad enough. But also, Daenerys' first gambit is, if they must fuck them, at least make them marry them. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Whose fucking side are you on, bitch? Yeah, I, I don't know why that's any better. Um. No, not at all. It's, well, rather than taking them as slaves, make them wives. I still think they're being forced into it. I still think it doesn't really count. But you have to, I guess you have to bear in mind that that's coming from somebody who has been forced into a marriage. Doesn't make it right. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. But her viewpoint might conceivably oh, was, yeah. be slightly skewed there because hers has actually worked out quite well for her. Um, well, yeah, because uh, she's now a princess. Yeah, and also, as my note says here, like, Carl Drogo is totally whipped. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and and here's the irony of this. You know, we're talking about how she's this meek little girl, and and she ha- she holds no power. No, she is the most powerful person in this room, bar none, because she oh, yeah, totally completely. has Carl whipped. He will yeah, do I mean, her, anything for her. Yeah, her entire argument is no. It completely pisses on their their culture. But again, she goes in and she'll do this for me. And he's, Yep, okay, fine. Don't don't fuck anything else. Yeah, and not only that, but he then actually fights one of his high-ranking guys for her as well. Um, and this is a very good fight. Aquaman is fucking awesome in this fight. It is. Now, interesting tidbit on this. This wasn't in the script. Really? Um, Jason Momoa just um, went to um, uh, Daniel Menahan, who directed the episode, and said, look, this guy is supposed to be feared, revered, no, all-powerful Carl, no, all things to all men in his tribe, and we never see him draw a sword. We need to see why, that even though he is completely fucking whipped, as you said, they still should follow him, they still should revere him, they should still fear him. And so they improvised, well, they didn't improvise, obviously they planned it, but it wasn't written in, it was added um, on set. And, and fair play, because he's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a great fight. Absolutely. And he absolutely just owns the guy. Um, yeah. Ripping out his tongue and his throat, I thought was a nice yeah. touch. Yeah, he, he's awesome. Um, yeah. Go Aquaman. Um, yeah. I, I had... But unfortunately, he walked into a sword. Or a sword was pressed against him. He wasn't stabbed. He wasn't hacked. A sword was pressed against his shoulder. Yeah. And fuck it, oh dear, dear God, you know, now he's injured. Um, yeah, I mean, there is there is a line there which he very nearly says it's only a flesh wound. Very nearly. Yeah. He skirts around he says, that. He, says, he, he says it's a scratch. Yeah. And I was I was waiting for him to say, no, it's marry a scratch, a plague on both your yes, it, you know, it's, it's like, fucking hell, you know. It comes close. It yes. comes close. Um, but yeah, awesome fight. I've actually written you, um, Aquaman is fucking awesome. Best fighter yet. And I do believe that. I think Bronze fight was more entertaining. Um, Bronze fight was more entertaining. Jamie's was more, uh, with Ned was more clinical. Yeah. But this was the best, the best fight. So definitely. Far. Definitely. Um, moving on. More dire wolves. Double exclamation yeah. point. Direwolf tastic. What we've been waiting for, folks. Yeah. I mean, White Walkers and, and Direwolves in this it's episode. Like, it's How like my dream wrong? episode. If you just got rid of all the horrible politics Shit. and the bullshit in King's Landing, if this episode was like quarter of an hour long, I'd be fine. <laughs> well, it might be a long one, actually. Yeah, I, I'd be fine. Um, so, yeah, we get Direwolves um, literally 
eating someone's fingers um, for <laughs> daring to question Rob. Um, yeah, Rob's a good ruler. Like I, I do, I like Rob. I think he would have been a really good king. <laughs> Yeah, not king at North yeah, and all that. As, as a show of force um, goes, this is excellent because he manages to defuse the entire situation. He shows people why he should yeah. be feared, but he doesn't take any lives. He just takes a couple of fingers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was really well done, and I think that the Umbers have the Umbers are mentioned throughout the show as being um, Stark Bannerman, as being loyal, all the rest of it. And time and time again, we see the Umbers, and they are absolute fucking cock monkeys. Mm. Every time we see them, they do something stupid. Like in this episode, uh, John Umber, who's the um, the, so the, the Lord, um, he's some, he's there. He's, he's a big Duke like Mantle. He's, he's quite an imposing guy. He's quite big, certainly compared to Richard Madden. Um, he's across the table. He's there in all his furs and his leather and all his so his, his, his armor and the rest of it. And he's a big fucking dude. Yeah. And he's there. I'm not following some brat into war who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And he starts. He, he starts egging, egging him on. He gets a bit closer. He. I, I can't remember if he puts his hand on his sword or whatever it is. But literally, the second that happens, the dire wolf is straight up and over the table, as you'd expect. Now you're in a pub and now somebody calls you mate. Out. You're all up and over. One in, all in. And the dire wolf is straight there and rips his fucking fingers off. Yeah. And then he's there. And you know, again, we, we've all seen the dire wolves. What they can do. The dire wolf is there, and Rob's just there saying. I'm sure that was just a misunderstanding. I'm sure you weren't actually threatening me, were you? Yeah, it's great. It's great. And then you get this a bit of a standoff, and then uh, everybody's laughing again. It's all fine, and everybody's happy. But you know full well this guy's an absolute cock. Yeah, but but Rob has established dominance, um, and yes. then in comes Cat just to, <laughs> just to step on it slightly because he's her little boy. Uh, yes. <laughs> but the scene between them is great. Um, yes. Any time we get to see Catelyn Stark with any other member of the Stark family, I think she's fantastic. Any time she has to go off and do something on her own, I find her totally insufferable. Yes, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know why. I just I I don't know what it is that rubs me up the wrong way about her when she's. On. I think it's perhaps because she's quite rash in her decision making when she's on her own. Um, she's oh, certainly yeah. quite. But again, she hasn't got a, she hasn't got a sensible man like Ned to tell her right wrong. Bloody woman, isn't she? Yeah, racking women. Yeah. Because, no, we also have our good choices were as well. Uh, yeah, clearly. Uh, but, no, any time Kat's in a scene with the rest of her family, I just think she's excellent. I, I really do. This scene between Kat and Rob is, is lovely. It's just a lovely little scene, you know, between a, a mother and a son. And, and she doesn't want him yeah. to do what he's going to do, clearly, but she knows she can't tell him not to because he's just as yeah. dumb as his fucking father. Uh, well, yeah, the apple doesn't fall from the tree, no, does it? Really doesn't. Um, so yeah, nice little scene. Um, and then, as if we hadn't already had enough shit that didn't have to be there in this episode, as if we didn't already have to suffer. I'm hungry, and we didn't already have to suffer. Shagger. Now we get Holdo's cock. Full frontal. <laughs> oh, okay, so yeah. So this 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 is the bit of the scene I was I was that's on very open reference in this episode the next one where um uh Bran is by the uh, wheel tree and Osher is um so with him and creeps up on him very stealthily with her chains wrapping like fucking Jacob Marley. It, and, it is like Christmas Carol the way it's shot as well, isn't it? That's the first thing I it thought. Is. <laughs> it's, it is. Um and 
bizarre when that happens. Um, but yeah, so they have a little bit of a chat, and he said, you know, says about her not being a prisoner, and she shows him the leg irons and all that. So, and she teaches him you know, some of the old, you know, some of the uh, wildling uh, myths about wayward trees and you know, the the old gods and how they communicate, and so you know, the, the the breeze is then is the gods talking to people and stuff like that. And it's a really nice scene, and again, it just gives us a bit of insight into it's a bit of world building. We yeah, actually it's, need it's a bit of it's knowledge not, on these old gods, new gods stuff that that was yeah, complaining it's, about it's mentioned last week. so many times. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's brought up so many times, but then on top of that, obviously, seeing them, Bran has started seeing the Three-Eyed Raven in his dreams and stuff like that, there's clearly significance to some of this more mythic stuff that we've not yet seen. So it's a nice way of introducing certain customs, certain traditions, certain things that we'll keep on coming back to. Um, and then, as I said, yeah, Hodo's car. And it, again, completely, like, Hodo doesn't even have to be in this scene. It's completely unnecessary. Not only does he not have to be in the scene, he certainly doesn't have to be fucking naked. Well, that's it. I mean, I think that the the reason he's in the, he's, he's in the locality is because Bran is there and Bran needs somebody to carry him. But why is he fucking yeah, I, naked? I, I there's no point at whatsoever. I, this isn't me being like, oh my God, there's a giant cock on screen. Like, I've complained several times already about the gratuitous tits flying around in these episodes as well. Like, there is no reason for all these people to be naked other than either the creative team are perverts or or you're doing it for shock value, which suggests that if your product is good enough, you don't need shock value. Yeah, you don't need it. Like... Well, that's it. I think that's that's always been my criticism of the show is that it does things for the yes, sake of oh, doing it them. It really does. Like treat us with uh, respect. Treat your audience with respect, and your audience will respect you. Don't just yeah. throw a giant prosthetic cock in because you feel like it. At least I'm assuming it's prosthetic. Because if not, fucking hell, he's in the wrong business. Yeah. Although- yeah, I mean, to be fair, you did say you don't complain. No, you're not complaining just because there's a giant cock on screen. Every time Theon's on screen, you complain as oh, well. Yeah. So. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to call him a cunt rather than a cock, I believe, don't I? Um, yeah, I tend probably. to call him a lot of stuff. Three, I think. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I liked that scene. I think it was an interesting scene. It was an important scene as well in terms of Bran and his journey, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But we closely followed, and I don't think, uh, and as, as I've just said, it gives you a nice bit of background, a bit of world building. Closely followed, I think, if it's not the next scene, it's one of the the, sort of the, the few immediately after it, where we get all the introductions of the Hill Tribes to Tywin Lannister. Yeah. This is Shagger, son of but Dolph, son of fucking whoever. I will whoever. take absolutely all of that as set up for the best gag of the episode. Yes. Yes, I will too. I will take it it's all because I pissed myself laughing. Like, this was spit-take time yes. with, with Bronze Line. It was. And I, I, I don't remember from the first time I watched it. I mean, I, I, said, I said a couple weeks ago, I, I watched this season back um, when season eight was about to start. And... Um, yeah, I, 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 I laughed at it um, when I wasn't, again, I wasn't really massively paying attention, but it, made, it caught my attention and made me laugh. And then this time, obviously, watching it in a bit more detail, it made me laugh again, even though I knew it was coming. Um, so, yeah, you get all these you know, inconsequential characters who we'll never fucking see again. No, Shaggy, son of Dolph. Which, bear in mind, this you know, is something that, that Rod, son of Jane I've Freddy, complained you know, about of as well since the start. This happens yes. every episode. So it's not just that the setup is here. Like, they are gently poking fun at themselves here. They have to be. They have to know how much they've done this. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the things that's wound me up no end thus far. It, 
And it doesn't really happen that often no, afterwards, I don't think. I think season, when you get the season yeah. two, it kind of dies down because we've been, we've already met most of it. Like we've even though we've not seen them, we've been told about the Martels, um, we've been told about the Dornish, we've been told about various you know, various different nations, various different, various different houses. Um, we've been told about the phrase, and obviously we meet the phrase in the next episode. Um, and yeah, so you know we've had all that, and I don't think we get much then after no. this. Um, so it's a, it's a nice way to round this really fucking oldie worldy bullshit yeah. off. But yeah, I mean the gag we're talking about it, it obviously is 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 Bron's response when Tywin says Bron son of, and his response is just you wouldn't know him. <laughs> it's, it just yeah. completely dismisses um, it. Yeah, so you know he's, he's not one of you high no highborn lads, and he's not a sheep shagger. So fuck it, I don't care. It's just let's, yeah. let's move you on. You wouldn't know him. Fucking don't bother. Like I can't be asked to be yeah. here. His, his old demeanor just says, "Like look, I'm here for the money." So, <laughs> yeah, that's it. No, we've already established I'm a mercenary motherfucker, and that's yeah. kind of it. Um, so yeah, we we get that. Then we get. Uh, I don't know what happened next, but I've just written Rob's fucking awesome, but just as dumb as Ned. Uh, we've covered that already. <laughs> yeah, we've had that ad um, infinitum. Um, yeah, and then here comes Joffrey the cunt. Um, I mentioned that last time we'd seen him, or I think it was the last time we'd seen him, we had that beautiful scene with him and Sansa. Um, now he's yeah. just straight back to being an absolute cunt. Uh, you're too old, Five. he says um, to Sir Barristan. Um, what yes. an absolute cock. You're too old, you can't... Yeah, you're too old, you can't protect anybody anymore. Um, I don't know whether that's a dick because you know, it was on his watch that um, Robert died, um, or if it's just because his mother wants to you know uh, his mother's now packing the uh, the field the way she wants, so she's stacking the desk the deck against it's Ned. Just um, because so, he no, can. Tywin will he be can yeah. hurt people. Yeah, Tywin will be nasty because he can because he's wearing a crown. He's a bully. Well, the thing is, yeah, and I mean the thing is, we haven't really. We, we see a lot more of this of of Joffrey throughout his reign, um, but we've not really seen it of him up until this point and I remember saying this a couple of weeks ago whereby at the moment like his main interactions have been with mm. Sansa and he always tries to be very smooth and very slick and very suave and kind of you know, pulls it off as well as a 14 year old would um, and we've not really no, seen this callous streak to him yet and it's the first yeah, we time we only saw it briefly uh, in the scene with the butcher's boy but it was I'm not saying it's right but, but it was again, motivated because he'd been humiliated Um Whereas, yeah. whereas here, it, it he is just like this, like a, like I've written. Here comes Joffrey the cunt. Like they've just completely changed his character on on a dime. It seems like he's all of a Absolutely. sudden way I, over I, the top. I, I see why they've done it. I see why they've done it because next week they kind of oh, need I, him to be. Don't a get cunt. me wrong. For the next but, well two and a bit seasons, um, I think yeah. it's one of the best things about the show. Like I hate him. I I yeah. absolutely hate the little weasel. As, as that is, is the intention. intention. Yeah, it, it's played for and got. He's excellent. He is absolutely excellent um, at, at selling this for the next two and a bit seasons. Um, but it just it seems mm. to have come out of nowhere, doesn't it? Well, that, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Is that there's no basis to it. It's all of a sudden. It's like. Oh right, okay. I I can I don't have to be nice anymore. I'm the king. I do the fuck I like. Therefore, this cruel streak I've never exhibited before, apart from when um, when um, I say this scene with the butcher's boy, where I've been humiliated, and that's I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw my weight on because I'm a prince. All of a sudden, I can be the biggest cockwomble in all the Seven Kingdoms because why yeah, the fuck not? Totally. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why it's there, but here it is. Zen motivated, but whatever. I'm not, I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to complain about it too much because it does need to be there for the show to progress. Um, and it, it does, and I mean, I think the the next. I mean, I, I like the part in this um, scene as well, where um, obviously they strip um, Sebastian of his, of his rank, and they say they're going to retire him, and not, they've, they've, they'll send him off to the coast with the guard and all the rest, and he can live out his days in luxury or wherever the fuck that would be phrase it. And he's like, "Oh, you're going to know, give me a house, a house to die in, and a, a, a horde of people to retire on to bathe me, or house whatever to it die is. in, a servant and to bury he, me." I think is what he says, something like that. That's it, something like that, yeah, and. He's there. He pulls all the golden armor off, all the plate down. It, it's uncomfortable because it takes a bloody long to take it off. It's uncomfortable to watch. But then he goes to take his sword off, his, 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 his sword off his belt, and immediately they all, they all go for all the king's guard. They all, they all draw their swords on. There's five swords on him. He's like, if I wanted, I could still kill yeah. the fucking lot of you, but I can't be asked. Take my fucking sword and go and kill yourself. And chucks it on the floor and off he goes. It, yeah. And that is probably the most. Badass it, fucking it thing you'll see in this episode. A pretty awesome strop. It's not as badass as John drawing his sword when he spins, but it's pretty fucking good. It, as as diva strops go, to be fair, because, it's pretty fucking good. Because there's a because there's a line, and because I believe it, I, I'll take it over uh, over John's single scene, no, uh, single shot. I'm fully on team John. Anytime John gets to be awesome, I'm all for it. <laughs> but yeah, no. As Diva drops go, it's it's excellent. It's definitely one of the best in the show. It definitely is him just literally sticking it to the man, just saying, "Look, I've given you oh, the absolutely. best part of my life. This is how you repay me. Go fuck yourself. I don't care who you are. Go yeah. fuck yourself. You know you need me. Yeah, fuck you. You're gonna die without me, but fuck yeah. you. Um, yeah, that's it. And. And yeah, and yeah, I just like this. I like that part of the scene. But then, um, obviously, you get the second half of the scene, where um, well, after that, so you know, it's, it's introduced the Tywin will now be hand of the king, and the Jaime will be hand of the king's guard. So again, Cersei stacking the deck. Now she's pulling all the strings. She's you know, she's she's putting the Lannisters on yeah. the throne, basically, um, as if they already weren't. Um, and yes, we get that. And then Sansa stands up and pleads for Ned's okay, life. Now- I understand the political movement behind it on Sansa's part. She fully knows what she's doing yeah. here. Uh, and oh, this yeah, is the, the, the start of that side of Sansa, I think. Um, and I like it. I like this aspect of her character. I think she handles it well here. She knows that she's got Joffrey's ear. She goes for the power yeah. play with Cersei, a lot more successful than her fucking father did, may I add. Um yeah, but what a fucking flat ending for an otherwise okay episode, isn't it? Let's be fair. Like I say, there's a lot of <clears> shit I hated, but there's a lot of shit I liked. And we've got these scenes yeah. with the White Walkers. We had the fight with Carl Drogo. We had the fight at the start. You know, it's otherwise as as you said back at the start. The pacing's a lot better in it, and it just yeah. fizzles out in this boring King's Landing court scene essentially like any time we're in King's Landing now it's just fucking shit it's so boring (laughs) like and the thing is given that everything's happened the last two weeks Robert's Robert's been done in by the boar Ned's been arrested for treason Um, you kind of think this is where this is where where it's all going to be this is where the story but but it's so poorly handled but with this so much fucking talking yeah. and, and I, do, I don't mean that like 
it, you know, it's we shouldn't be here, and and obviously these characters need to express themselves and things like that. But you don't need this much dialogue to convey this. This is not a book. This <clears throat> is okay in this case a television show, not a film. But but either way, this is this is filmed entertainment. This is yeah. drama. Like you show, you don't tell. I don't need to hear characters speaking their every fucking thought to each other. Like, mm. let the actors act, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you can get this stuff done a lot quicker and a lot more effectively. Yeah. Jesus. Or, or, or better still, if you don't have that much confidence in them at this point, which I don't see why you wouldn't, because they're all good, but if you don't, just write around it. Just fucking throw just throw some symbolism in there. If you're a good writer, you'll find it, whatever you mm. want to do. Um, we don't need... Fucking Sansa's speech alone feels like it's what two minutes, something like that. It feels like it. It's not, but it feels like it. She could literally have said everything she needs to say in like five seconds. She could, you know. I mean, she could have done it like Danny does. She's just going to be like, "Look, you want to see the fucking fire crotch? Like, free my dad, basically." (laughs) I mean, she could have put it more eloquently than that. Probably. I'm saying some of the writers on this show, you never know. yeah, but, I mean, yeah, yeah look, yeah, that was that was off the top of my head. I'm sure I could put it more eloquently than that if I wanted. <laughs> but that's but, essentially the sentiment here. Is like, well, look, yeah, you, if you love me, you'll do you'll, you'll do this for me, Dad. Yeah, essentially, that's your fucking future father-in-law, you dick. Like, well, no, that, that, that's my hope anyway. Because at the moment he's not committed treason. But again, you get that she makes her plea. It's a very impassioned plea. It's it's all right. And then fucking Pycelle stands up again. Treason, treason, and you can fuck off and die, whore. What what is the point of you being there? There's again talking of characters who are entirely misplaced and don't belong in a scene, don't have any purpose in a scene other than to show the pointless line. Yeah, Pycelle is right there, and then um, Joffrey kind of fucks him off. Says, "Well, your father said I wasn't the true king. Why did he say that? Oh, I don't know. Makes Renly or Stannis had his ear or something. No, tries to blame other people again. Trying to play no play it a bit political. Look, it's not his fault. He was manipulated. He was he's a simpering idiot. He's easily led." which we kind of knew um, because we've seen him be a fucking moron the last two weeks. And again, kind of playing on that. And it seems to work and it ends with Joffrey saying, yeah, okay, I'll show mercy if he confesses to what he's done and accept me as the true king. Oh, well, great. That's an hour I've fucking gone through and I was expecting something big at the end after after last week and after, well, everything's happened in the episode. I was expecting something to happen at the end. Yeah, and nothing but, happens. No. And, and not only that, you could have got, as you say, you've gone through an hour of all of that. You could have got to that in two minutes yeah literally two fucking minutes like she could she could have seen joffrey on his own quietly and and got to that like she's got at this point she's still kind of got freedom of movement yeah okay she's associated with ned but she's still also betrothed to the king Um, yeah exactly and cersei still knows that she needs to groom her so she's you know she's she's able to move she has she has scope to get joffrey's ear and not do it in a public forum we didn't need to wait a fucking hour for that um, no that's right uh, this this king I, I i'm this is the most disappointing thing for me on on this rewatch because i remember maybe it's just the mists of time and nostalgia or whatever you want to call it but um as i started getting increasingly wound up with other aspects of the show as it got older and mm. time went on i 
distinctly remember thinking back to these early seasons and thinking what happened to all of the politics and all of the really interesting character work um but that was clearly just me reminiscing for something that was never there and so that tells you how bad it gets if i'm looking back for this stuff well, it's, uh, maybe maybe come, maybe come the rewatch, having gone through this process and gone, well, fuck that doesn't work. That doesn't. Work. Oh, this will come up later on, and see, you know, seeing where things have been foreshadowed, maybe I'll, things will ring a little differently next time. Maybe. Um, it's I'm, my I'm hope. hoping so because I, I, I mean, otherwise, the next seven seasons is going to be really fucking rough for anybody listening. Um, look, we we knew that going in. <laughs> this, you know, I'm just trying to show the code if they're the listening. Look, the first few episodes, I feel like they were actually they, they weren't too bad. Up until episode six, everything was going quite swimmingly. I actually felt like I was being quite subdued. But these last two weeks, like fuck this shit, man. The gloves are off now. Like you, you, you starting to waste my fucking time already, and we're only eight hours in. Seriously. <laughs> well, yeah, there's still another. You no, know, what? 65 left but the but the annoying thing is like i said there's all of that and then there's like the stuff at castle black this week which was excellent and i loved it and that's why i get so annoyed about this show you have to be passionate about something to get as annoyed with it as i do with this show i see the potential and when it lives up to its potential it's awesome and yeah, talking of Castle Black, actually, we, we did miss a scene um, did we? where um, after the White Walkers attacked um, John and um, Lord Commander in the night, and um, they set fire to the they set fire to the bodies. They then burn the other the, the bodies um, mm. of the others uh, that, that came back. Yeah. Uh, Sam identifies that they should be you know, they, they've been dead a couple of weeks from the look at them, but there's no smell, there's no decay. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, he talks about the fact that um, he read a book in um, in Maestro Raymond's um, collection about White Walkers and all the rest. And you know, that's again, that's nice because it's setting up where Sam's character is going. It's setting up the fact that yeah, okay, he's not a fighter. We know he's not a fighter. We've not seen him much use for anything yet. But he clearly does pick things up. And I, I think it's um, the Lord Commander says you might you know you might be a coward, but you're not an idiot. Yeah. And again, it's it's the first time we get any recognition of of Sam from anybody other than John. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was nice. That was as nice. Well, actually. Yeah. Oh, all of that stuff is good. I, and that that's the thing. The, the stuff at the wall here is good. The stuff with Tyrion and Bronn here is good. You know, even the stuff with Shagger, to be fair, it's good. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't overstay its welcome, that bit either. Yeah. The stuff with Rob is really good. Um, the stuff at Dothrak is fine if you take the distasteful gender attitudes out of it. It's just the shit at King's Landing. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of the important bit at the moment for where the story is. This yeah. is the bit they should have been spending more time on. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the problem. It is, I mean, given what's going on at King's Landing as well, you could have you could have a whole episode to, just at King's Landing. I was going to say we talked a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the um, Spencer episode where you had focus. Yeah, and you weren't jumping all over the fucking place. Actually, it might have been the episode before that one, um, but where you had focus, you were jumping all over the fucking place, and you were able to follow a logical pattern of what was going on. Given where we are, where we've just had, at this point, our fucking lead mm. arrested for treason. Yeah. Can it, no, that's the story you want to be following that's through That's where you with. want to be, yeah. So drop all the other shit until next week. Have that story, and have that story come to its natural conclusion, not natural, but have it come to its conclusion in this episode. Yeah. Because Rob, Rob will still go to war. Yes, exactly. And Arya will still need to escape. 
and the White Walkers and all that, all that stuff still needs to happen. And it can happen in an amalgam of the next episode. But you take the the King's Landing stuff from episode nine, put it in episode eight, and put everything else from episode eight into episode nine. Mm. And you've got a far more captivating story. Yeah. Because this will kind of fizzle out. Yeah. And you know, you've got your uh, your shark jump in next week. I thought it was this week, but I've got that wrong. But you've got your sort of your, your big uh, your big gimmick, your big stunt, and then it kind of dies off, as is the way with Game of Thrones, where your what should be your season finale is actually your penultimate episode, and then the, the finale is kind of dull. And that's because they don't understand drama, they don't care about characters, and they have no respect for their audience, as I've already no. said in this episode numerous times. But it's fucking true. Yeah, and it it does it does show, and that's it's the sort of thing that will come up to see again and again and again. Um, but yeah, it just for me this. I, I, I liked the episode certainly more than last week. I did I did quite like it. There were bits that annoyed me, so did I, but it like moved, on the whole, it now. moved at a bit yeah. pace. Um, I think that some of the some of the dialogue was better. Some of it was fucking atrocious. Um, but there was some. It wasn't. They weren't just snippets. There were some nice scenes. I said mm-hmm. the scene with um, Arya and Sirio. Both scenes with Tyrion were, were, were funny and entertaining. I said Rob came into his own. Some good stuff on the wall. And yeah, it was it was a decent episode. But I just because of where we are in the story at this point, I don't care if you've, yeah. if we've got all the, all the King's Landing story, get it done. I agree. Get it one and yeah. done, and then you've got two weeks to finish out the season and to get to the point where you want to get to. But there's so much of what happens in this episode, certainly in terms of Rob could easily be consequences of what happens next week. Yeah, I agree. Um, as opposed to you know, Ned being stuck in chains and stuck in a dungeon somewhere. Yeah, and, and we only see him for all of Ned for all of about 30 seconds this episode. And we'll talk about it when we get to next week for fear of spoilers, although I'm sure yeah. everybody knows what's coming. Um, but I actually feel like so much of this story has been allowed to just kind of fitter out now. Yeah, I don't and, uh, know if I'm going to be asked come next week. I don't know if it's actually going to even bother me that much. Well, well, this is the thing, and this is where I, I mean, I, I said this, um, I've said this all along, is that because of the way we've been positioned, and because of the way that the first seven episodes were written, that now the fact that Ned is our hero, Ned is right at the forefront of everything, Ned's in the thick of things, and you get some. Some political machinations this week where they're talking around him the fact he's a traitor and you kind of think well how is he going to get out of this and what's going to happen now he, he wrote to Stannis who we've not seen yet Renly, no, Renly made a bit of a player as well is somebody going to come in and save the day and that's the bit they should be focusing yeah. on because that is our story and that's what I'm expecting to carry us for the next eight fucking years yeah and at this point and being as how he's and this episode it's been thrown away being as how and Ned, next week even more yeah, so being as how Ned is our main character as well yeah you would at least expect him to be doing something to get out yeah, of this change. Yeah, Ned is our lead. Yeah. And we don't, you don't expect him to just be sat there with his thumb up his ass, uh hoarding a bottle of water because Varys brought his like, you might want to keep that for mm. a while because men have died of thirst. It's, it's an, well, duh. It's an interesting dynamic, though, um, with this show. And, it, and it, it, it'll continue to be interesting throughout because there are multiple heroes um, in this show. I would argue it's John that takes the hero's journey. I would, I would fight anyone that says he's not the hero of the show. Um, yeah, be, I'd say that's Because he fair. absolutely is. He takes the hero's journey. Um, but then so does Arya. Um, yeah. To an extent, so does Daenerys. Um, uh, so does Jorah, I'd say. Yeah, Jorah definitely does. Ned doesn't. No. Never does. But he's the banner name, and he's our lead. And and this show is very odd 
like that. Um, yeah. And, and at various points throughout the show, you kind of feel like the whoever the lead is, it kind of alters. And that does give you this yeah. interesting dynamic of all of these different factions racing for the throne. That is something that it does pull off fairly well. Um, it just really doesn't stick the landing when we get to the end. And that's because it's, I, I don't think the creative team were entirely consistent about who ultimately the hero needed to be, because ultimately there does have to be a hero. Um, well, yeah. And I mean, we, uh, we've talked about the, um, so the, the for, uh, so for, for work, working from the White Walker storyline being the main yes. one. And it's kind of they went, oh well, we've got all we've got these different strands that kind of need to tie together for that because we've got three or four different prophecies that one of them needs to be fucking true. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? But then also you've got the you know, the um, there are other things that need to come into play from the political quote unquote real world stuff. Not the, 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 the king's landing and the iron throne and all that sort of stuff. So the, where they cross over, it doesn't really work. But you kind of get this thing where they've got they've gone. Oh fuck yeah! We've got all this stuff to do. We've we've introduced so many of these things; they all contradict each other. They can't all be true. Yeah. Which one are we going with? And it's kind of like they tossed a coin. Yeah. Or they've got one of those other things you used to do when you're in school, where you fold up a bit of paper yeah, and you, yeah. you, 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 you do your thumbs and your fingers. It's kind of like they go off that. Right, who's going to win it? Da, 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 da. All right, okay, it's blank. Oh, it's so and so. Or it's this one. Right, how do we do that while still tacking on the rest of it while carrying out the, the other bits we promised or the other bits we threatened for a while. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, it's bugging. It bugs me at the moment. I'm not so bothered because I don't know what's going to happen with, with these storylines, knowing what's going to happen. Um, having obviously having watched it through, um, no, I'm not watching it for the first time. I know where this is going. I'm thinking, why the fuck in hell did you do that? I agree. That really doesn't yeah. make any sense. I agree. And we've spent the last eight weeks, I say, positioning the Starks as the absolute heroes of this story. Um, we've got much like the way that the White Walk storyline will be will be treated in the end. It's a secondary story to the, the what is actually the main story. But then, even what the main story is at the moment isn't the main story by the end because by the time you get to uh, season eight, you've got entirely new people playing for power. Yeah, and it's just like, what the seriously, what the fuck? Where yeah. where is this show going? And I think they could have run another two seasons. I still wouldn't fucking know. No, it it, it does just amble along. Um, and, and this, I, I've said all along, back in episode one, all of those problems are evident at the start, and here they are, King's Landing, and the and the Ned Stark storyline is just ambling along. It's got no pace. Yeah. It's got no momentum. It's going nowhere. Realistically speaking, it isn't actually going to have a great deal of impact on the show as a whole, which is something that winds me up to no end when people try and tell me that it does. Um, we'll get into that when, when things happen next week. But yeah, doesn't really have an impact on where the show yeah. goes at all. No. At all. And I say it's, um, it's, it's, it's all shock and awe, isn't it, at yeah, this stage? it really is. Uh, but we'll get into that one next week. There's a, there's a tease for you, folks. Um, so in general, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I, I've written my, my summing up paragraph, as I usually do, but I've kind of covered it all several times. Um, my my I, Talking it through with you now, um, my initial response of saying that hey, this wasn't that good, I think actually I've convinced myself that it was. And it, and it seems that by the time I was writing my notes here, I'd convinced myself that it was as well, save for the 
absolutely atrocious shit that we don't need. Um, I've got yeah. all in all, it's a much better episode than last week. Um, apart from the politics, but we have more wall walkers and Tyrion and fucking dire wolves, exclamation point, exclamation point. Dire wolves, a go go baby, exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yep, was and also and also we don't get the uh, the um, literary classic now play with our arms. Yes, exactly. Um, I've got the yep was largely consistent, if a bit distasteful in places. Um, very distasteful in places actually. But yeah. you know, I was obviously in a forgiving mood on Saturday. Uh, and then last going <laughs> off, I fell asleep in King's Landing. Full stop. And that kind of says all you need to know, really. I mean, yeah, as I said, I, I, I don't make notes for this. I kind of do it from memory um, and let you do all the research for a change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched it through. I was quite happy um, watching it. It was better than last week. There were some nice moments to it. There were some bits I cringed at. There were some bits I went, oh, what the fuck do you do that for? But by and large, I was quite happy with where it took us. I was disappointed because I thought next week's episode, the, the, the big twisted next week's episode I thought happened in this one I thought I got my weeks out I thought this would be I thought the majority of this happened next week and vice versa um, which I would have done personally but there you go yeah yeah so I guess we'll get into that um, next week yeah so next week's episode 9 of 10 um, season 1 at Baylor um, which again is referred to in the episode doesn't really mean a lot Um, but yeah I mean Again, as always, get in touch, folks. If you if you agree with us, disagree with us, don't really care one way or the other. Just want to shoot the shit. Um, get in touch via our website, ddpodcast.net, uh, or on Twitter at ddpodcastnet, uh, on Facebook with Double Podcast Network. Um, but yeah, until next time. Game over.